We have some great, great newsmakers in our studios this morning. Uh, and we do have the governor, former governor of South Carolina, former ambassador to the United Nations, Nikki Haley, here in our studios. Good morning, Governor. Good morning, Jack. Great to be with you again. Happy New Year. Yeah, more town hall, big town hall last night. But we have the chairman of our media group, Bill Binney, in our studios. And he's the chairman of Binney Media, which oversees in pretty much all of our brands and stations and the region, but also the Pulse of an H. And Bill Binney joining us with some news this morning. How are you, sir? Jack, it's my pleasure to be on the show. Thanks for having me. Hey, let's start with just last night. Uh, the Wentworth-by-the-Sea is a place you know very well. You're the owner, but you had a big event last night. I'm hearing, Bill, that these crowds that are showing up for the Nikki Haley events, including last week and the week before and la- the end of last week with the holiday week, are getting bigger and bigger. Big crowd last night? Big crowd last night. I'm not allowed to say the exact number because the fire marshal will come over and visit. <laughs> but it was way past capacity. Uh, it was many, many hundreds past capacity, and we're delighted by that. It was a great show, uh, and Nikki did a brilliant job. I'm not kidding you. I've heard a lot of stump speeches in here in New Hampshire, and Nikki's who's sitting in front of me, I can tell you, did a wonderful job last night. Thank you. I appreciate that. It well, really was. Well, Bill Benny, I'm going to stay with you for the moment because that's where the light is. I, you know, I, I don't have you on the show enough. I love, I love your socioeconomic take, your business background. Uh, you know the economy. You've created more jobs than I can probably add up here. You still do all that stuff. You're also a former U.S. Senate candidate. You've run for a big office before as a Republican. You're a former state Republican Party official. You've met Donald Trump. You've met Chris Crit. You've met all these people, including Governor Nikki Haley, former governor. And you're here today to talk about her candidacy and make some news. So why don't we start with that? No disrespect. Why are you here? <laughs> I am here to endorse Nikki for the presidency of the United States. I don't think that there's a better candidate in the field, and frankly, in my years of doing this as a Republican candidate, as a Republican official, as a worker just here in New Hampshire, I can't think of a better candidate that I have seen in my tenure than you yourself. I want to say I'm so impressed by your speech last night. I think it's great to have an accountant versus a lawyer in the White House, someone who understands numbers and understands the severity of the economic crisis we're facing as a country, whether it be Social Security or Medicare or the incredible debt. I think it's great to have somebody who understands jobs because you've had one and worked one in the real private sector and not just been a lawyer your whole life who went immediately into politics. I think you understand the human condition, which is not a small issue. And everybody listening, they all have challenges, and I think you're one who can help those challenges. So it's my privilege and pleasure to endorse you for the presidency of the United States and for the Republican Party coming up in January here in New Hampshire. Thank you, Bill. I mean, that's amazing. And Jack, I'll just tell you, you know, these are the endorsements that matter. The ones that you have real business people who know what it's like to sign the front of a paycheck, who know what it's like to see how the economy works and where we need to go to hire more people and get our economy moving and to realize this is the time. It is time for us to get our country back. And you could see it with the hundreds of people yesterday. I could see it when I met with fishermen this morning talking about it. They're tired. They're tired and they want something different and they are not giving up on America. And I'm not giving up on America either. And I am so grateful to Bill and and really just for him opening his place last night, which was beautiful. And being here today, I, I promise you, I will make you proud in this process. Well, thank you for saying that. We'll hold you to that. <laughs> I, I expect to be held to that. Thank you. What do you say to people who say you cannot win? 
You know, I think if you watch TV enough, you see a lot of political pundits who want to act like they know what's happening. And I always laugh when they say that because they don't know what people are thinking. And I watched this when I ran against the longest serving legislator in South Carolina and people said I couldn't win. I watched this when I ran as a Tea Party candidate against four other candidates as governor. They said I couldn't win. I watched this one. They said I didn't have enough experience going into the U.N. People know what they want. And no political pundit can tell you anything. So they're going to tell you over and over again, oh, Trump's got this. Trump's got this. No, he doesn't. Until Election Day happens, no one can tell me Trump's got it. And you look at these town halls, people come up to me afterwards. Some will whisper and say, I voted for him twice, but I'm voting for you. Some will say, for my family's sake, we're going to do this. I'm going to fight for you. I'm going to go tell 10 people. I mean, People are energized. They're ready. They're excited. And they know we've hit rock bottom. And the only place to go at this point is up. And we're going to do it. New Hampshire is a famously independent place. And the old joke about we have to meet you a couple of times before we'll (laughs) even think about voting for you has real basis, in fact, in this state. One of the things that's going to happen in this upcoming primary are independents. Independents have the ability to vote in New Hampshire and in our primaries, which is unusual in many parts of the country. What do you say to people who are on the fence, may not even be a member of a Democratic or Republican Party, but would like the privilege of voting? How do you convince those independents who I think, if you're listening right now and you don't vote in primaries, I want you to vote. I'm begging you to vote. I'm on my knees that you vote and that you vote for Nikki. But I want to have her tell you why you should vote for her, even if you're not affiliated with a party, which you can vote. If you're an unaffiliated voter right now, and you hear my voice in New Hampshire, you can go and primary day and vote. So with that said, Nikki? You know, the first thing I'll tell independents out there is there's a lot of you. It's not just in New Hampshire. There are a lot of people who felt like their party left them, and they feel like both sides are crazy. I don't know that they're wrong. And at the end of the day, they want sanity back. And what I will tell you is... You know, I have said Republicans have lost the last seven out of eight popular votes for president. That's nothing to be proud of. We should want to win the majority of Americans. And that's what I'm trying to do. And I have been a two term um, governor that took a double digit unemployment state and turned it into an economic powerhouse. I was at the U.N. I dealt with Russia, China, Iran every single day and showed them what we expected of them instead of being reactionary. And we'll take America to a new place where people don't feel like they're working for government again. They'll finally feel like government is serving the people. That's what we want to do. They deserve to have an economy that's back on track and stop this crazy spending. They deserve an education system where kids are reading again and schools are back to the basics. They deserve a border that is secure, no excuses. They deserve law and order back in our country. And they deserve a country that they can be proud of. And that's what we're going to do. And I'm going to fight to earn every single Granite Stater's vote. If I can come back to Bill, just one quick question. Bill Benny making this uh, endorsement. Nikki Haley, Good Morning New Hampshire, The Pulse of an Age. Bill, you didn't have to do this. You're a busy person, got a lot going on. You've run for office before, probably thought about it again. May do it again. My question is, why now? Why this primary? Why, with 20 days to go, are you coming out to endorse Nikki Haley and not... If it is a two-person race, if you listen to the pundits, Vivek Ramaswamy seems to have plateaued here. Ron DeSantis focusing more on Iowa, the Florida governor. Chris Christie's still in it. But the numbers are suggesting it's a Nikki Haley, Donald Trump, Donald Trump, Nikki Haley race. So why now and why Nikki Haley and not a Trump at this point? So I've met Donald Trump many times, um, more than a dozen. 
in this very studio, as a matter of fact, this very building. I think that you are the right generation, Nikki, for what we need. I think that it's unfair as a Republican for what the Democratic uh, political administrations have done from a, from a uh, justice standpoint against Donald Trump. And I want to say that as a Republican. I cannot in any way see that that's going to help us as Americans to politicize the justice system the way it's been politicized against Donald Trump. That aside, I think that Donald Trump has had his turn and he's swung and he's hit the ball in some cases and he's missed in others. And we could talk about that till the cows come home. But right now, today in 2024, we need a young, fresh, new mind, a new voice, someone who understands the problems of America. And I think without question, you are that candidate. And it's my privilege, I really mean it, to endorse you. And if there's anything we can do here, Benny Media, to help you, we're happy to do it. And I say that on the air. Go tell 10 people. That's what I'll tell everybody that's listening. Go tell 10 people that you want to see a change in our country. Go tell 10 people to go to NikkiHaley.com, get a yard sign, volunteer, get involved. We're going to do this, and we're going to do this because Americans deserve it. It's time to bring a transparent government back to the people. It's time to give people information and let them live the lives they want to do. I've told Chris Sununu, um, you know, I'm thrilled to have the endorsement of the Live Free or Die governor, but I want to make us a live free or die country. It is time for people to be back in charge of their lives and what's happening in the economy. And I know we can do that. What do you say to Republicans, fierce Republicans who are Trumpers? What do you say to them in the party of 20, in the time of 2020 when Trump controls the party? What do you say to them that you're their candidate and they should vote for you versus Donald Trump? And then next, if you are elected, will you forgive him? Will you, will you give him a pass on all of these issues? The first thing I'll say is I think President Trump was the right president at the right time. I agree with a lot of his policies. I had a good working relationship with the with him in the administration. But rightly or wrongly, chaos follows him. We all know that. Chaos follows him. And we can't be a country in disarray and have a world on fire and go through four more years of chaos. We won't survive it. You don't defeat Democrat chaos with Republican chaos. So that is the case. The second thing is we don't want another nail biter of an election. You look in every one of these polls, Trump and Biden head to head. It's pretty much even. We're all going to be sweating it out in November on a good day. Trump's up two points. Wall Street Journal had him up four in those same exact head to head polls. This last one, Wall Street Journal. I defeat Biden by 17 points, 17 points. You go with a win like that. That's governorships. That's House. That's Senate. That's all the way down to school board. That's going in with a mandate to D.C. to say you're going to stop the spending. You're going to get our kids reading. We're going to close this border. We're going to bring law and order back. And guess what? We're going to get our enemies back on their heels again. That's what a win like that would be. And that's what we need to do in terms of, you know, whether I would pardon President Trump or not. I would. And the reason I would pardon him is because this country has to move forward. And we get nothing by having an 80-year-old president sitting in jail, which it's going to continue to keep our country divided. This is not about whether someone broke the law. This is about moving the country forward in a way that we can start to get things back on track. What do you say to the independents who are listening about the January 6th insurrection that Trump may or may not have had a party in? I think it's a terrible day. I hope we never relive it. I think it was horrible for anybody who lives in America to watch have happen. Um, and I think he's going to have his day in court. And we'll see 
what happens with that. But I hope that it's a lesson that we know how fragile we are. I mean, we are a fragile country, and being this divided only makes that happen. I mean, the reason, Bill, I'm doing this, I don't want my kids to live like this. I don't want them to grow up in a country where they don't know where they're going to get a job. They don't know if they can afford their rent. They don't know if there's going to be all this debt that, by the way, happened under these previous presidents that our kids will never forgive us for. You know, everybody talks about Trump's economy and that it was good, and it was good. But at what cost? Eight trillion dollars in just four years. That's now we're digging out of a hole and it's going to take us a whole hell of a lot to get out of that hole. And I'll tell you that you look at that and as an accountant, you can have a good economy, but you don't have a good economy by going into debt. Mm -hmm. And you don't do what Biden's doing by flushing the system with cash. Both of these guys were wrong. Both of these guys have gotten us into the situation that we're in. And both of these guys need to move out of the way and let a new generational leader come in here and start to deal with the solutions that we have going forward. So you talk about the debt a lot, and I've spent a lot of my life looking at it and thinking about it. What would you do about very complicated, difficult issues like Social Security? $34 trillion in debt. And the part of that that really should send a chill up everyone's spine is, in a couple of years, our interest expense will be more than our defense budget. And if Russia, China, and Iran see that, we're in a lot of trouble. A strong dollar matters. That's what makes us a superpower. That's what's so important. A big part of what's happening is the fact that Social Security will go bankrupt in 10 years. Medicare will go bankrupt in eight. That doesn't mean that people need to be fearful. That means that we need to get in front of the situation. So the way that we fix that is first acknowledge that we have a problem. Every other candidate, including Trump, has said they're not going to touch Social Security or Medicare. Well, if you don't touch it, that means you're going to go in as president and exit the door, leaving it bankrupt. That's not responsible. What we will do is, first of all, everybody that's paid in will keep it. America should keep her promises, and we'll do that. But for those like my kids in their 20s, We're going to say we're changing the rules for you. So we will go and change their retirement age to life expectancy. We'll do cost of living increases based on inflation instead of just the basic cost of living increases they've been doing now. We'll limit benefits on the wealthy and we'll expand Medicare Advantage plans. Seniors love that. It's more competitive. Those are the things that we'll do by acknowledging the problem. Then we can dig out and see what we're dealing with. But we don't have to hurt people. We just right. have to get in front of it and say, okay, there are some solutions to the problem. Real quick question for Governor Nikki Haley, Bill Benny, Chairman of Benny Media in our studios, making this endorsement on behalf of him, the chairman. But I want to come back on a news question, news talk question, Nikki Haley. What Bill's question about Social Security, Democrats are real good at just saying, They'll say, Nikki Haley wants to take away your Social Security. Nikki Haley wants to take away your Medicare. Nikki Haley wants to have a national abortion ban. How do you respond to those claims for those independent voters who might see an ad, especially as the heat heats up here in the next 20 days? It's what Democrats do. They put fear in people. And what I will tell you is, as an accountant, the last thing I'm going to do is make anyone feel unstable. That's not. You should get what you think is coming to you, and you should get what you've been promised. But there are ways to fix it. Accountants know that numbers tell a story. And the second you start to see where those numbers are, you know where to get in front of it and how to move them so that people don't suffer. That's what we haven't had in a long time. That's how we'll deal with it. And so everything we've done, I've done over 150 town halls, answering every question, shaking every hand, being the last person to leave, 
Because what you're going to see me do as a president is what I did as governor and as ambassador. I will give you everything I know. I will be incredibly transparent. And then we together will make the decisions. That's the problem with Biden. He doesn't tell anybody what's going on. Can you win this primary in 20 days? Donald Trump's had the lead and it's been a big lead. Been it a big has. lead. Consistent. Can you win this? And we're closing in on him. That's why he's doing commercials against us. We're going to be strong in Iowa, strong in New Hampshire, strong in South Carolina. You watch. Forget the political pundits. We're about to make history. Bill Benny, you think it's going to be a photo finish in the New Hampshire primary? A lot of the national media scratching their heads. I don't think they really know because I've seen the national media get it wrong time and time again. New Hampshire likes not to be told what to do when it comes to an independent vote. Do you think it's going to be a close one? Oh, I think it'll be a close one, but I think Nikki wins. I think that there is a a tidal change, an earthquake happening very quietly and starting here that the people are saying enough with toxic Trump, enough with old man Biden. We want a change. We want a new voice. We want a fresh start. I think Americans and New Hampshire citizens love a fresh start, and we want to clear the decks and get it going. And I think we need a leader that can build and a leader that can, a leader that can unify, and I do believe Nikki can do that. I do believe that. All right. We, uh, as you know, we're, we have a time clock here. We need to take a quick break. Good morning, New Hampshire. The Pulse of NH, Bill Benny, chairman of Benny Media. Thanks for coming in and do, being part of the show this morning. I actually think we might have another show in the works here. I, <laughs> I, 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 that, was a, that was one of the easiest segments I've done in a long time, J-Dog. But, no, it's a great discussion, so thank you for coming in, Bill. I appreciate it. You're welcome anytime, of course. I'd love to get you also talking about the economy sometime soon. In our studios is the chairman. Let me be very clear. The chairman of Benny Media. And Benny Media actually has uh, many different brands and music stations, radio stations, news talk stations, regionally, growing nationally on the pulse of an H, but, of course, up in the Maine. But uh, Bill Binney, former U.S. Senate candidate, a Republican uh, official in the past, but a, a leading uh, member of the community on the business side of things and public policy in our studios, making an endorsement this morning of Nikki Haley, former governor of South Carolina, town hall last night and rye and more to come so i'm going to just keep these two here for a few moments because i know they're both busy and let me come back to um, a couple of the questions we we're talking about during the break and again bill benny uh, you know this is a pivotal time 20 days to go 20 days to go before the first actual votes in the election for president in new hampshire's primary now i personally believe what happens in iowa unfortunately for the people that run there stays in Iowa. It doesn't always translate. I can point to many elections where whoever came out of Iowa with all the marbles of the caucus support didn't translate here. So I guess the question is, you know, again, you're making this endorsement this morning. You can reiterate why. Um, and, and then there's the Donald Trump r- reality here in New Hampshire. Solid support there. And you asked Nikki Hilly about that. Do you think do you think that there is so much movement now in the next 20 days that this is actually a toss up at this point between these two or not? I think that there's momentum on the Haley campaign without question. I think that Nikki has emerged out of the pack. I think that uh, early front runners or hopefuls have fallen behind, DeSantis being the most obvious candidate of that. I think others have just simply not emerged, uh, and I think that we're at an exciting time. I think as a citizen of New Hampshire, I think this is among the most exciting political times uh, of my experience with, with all of these opportunities to change the direction of the leadership of the free world, not just America, but of the free world. And we, a mere handful of people, I have friends all over the world who are always contacting me this time of year reading about New Hampshire, whether that's Europe, whether that's South America, whether it's the Far East. We live in an incredibly unique place here in New Hampshire, and I think having Nikki Haley here in these studios 
is a privilege for our organization, but more importantly, an opportunity to ask her tough questions, questions about Social Security. What would she do? Would she pardon Donald Trump? And the answer is she would figure out a good solution for Social Security. And yes, she would pardon Donald Trump. I think that's good, clear solutions. And I think that candidates should be able to talk like that. And only in New Hampshire does it seem to me that happens. Bill, do you think if Nikki were to make this a photo finish? Now, I've said on the show for months since the summer, the good news for Donald Trump in the summer is he had a big lead in New Hampshire. The bad news is he had a big lead in the summer. <laughs> you know, it's like <laughs> we football. know that. <laughs> I, I remember the New England Patriots and they went to Falcons during the halftime of that Super Bowl. I think they were down by 25. And uh, and so my question is, um, if Nikki Haley were to beat expectations and come very close or win New Hampshire, if she ever were to pull off an upset of Trump because it's been his to lose for months now, how big of a story is that politically coming well, I, out of New Hampshire? I think it's huge. And I'll point out Bill Clinton finished second. OK, he, he came in. He didn't win. He came in second. But he he showed, you know, the ability to come back and the ability to take a punch. So. This state has proven and shown time and time again that we can pick winners and pick people who emerge out of the political fog, if you will. I think that, um, uh, you know, right now is a unique time. Biden is really not effectively running in the New Hampshire primary. There's a lot of independents out there that want to engage. I encourage them to engage. Independents in New Hampshire can vote in the Republican primary. And I encourage them, if you are at all politically minded, I encourage you to go and vote. In, in the primary this coming few weeks from now. 20 days. T- 20 days. And vote for Nikki Haley. Nikki Haley, uh, let me turn back to you. We talked during the break. Do you think there's a write-in campaign for Joe Biden, a write-in campaign for the sitting Democrat president in New Hampshire's primary because they chose not to be on the ballot here? Is he going to be successful in that in New Hampshire when you go out and about and you're out there with the voters in this town hall? And do you think he'll ultimately, do you think Joe Biden will be the nominee for the Democrat? Well, I can tell you right now, I hear a lot about Joe Biden in the town halls, but none of it's good. None of it. Everybody knows. You can say all day long we've got a good economy, but people don't feel it in their wallets. You can say all day long, oh, we're making big strides, but nobody sees it. And you can say all day long, oh, people are safe, but they see law enforcement pushing to try and get law and order back. They see the world on fire. Nobody feels comfortable, and they're almost on the verge of being scared. So, And then you add on top of that that everybody sees how much Joe Biden's struggling, and they know a vote for Joe Biden is a vote for Kamala Harris. And God help us if we get a President Kamala Harris, because we know that she won't be able to handle that. So that's all I hear. I don't think you're going to have this passion of people wanting to go for Joe Biden. I think you're going to have passion for people saying, look, we don't want a Trump-Biden rematch. We want to get our country back on track. We want to do this for our kids. And I think that's what you're going to see them do. So let me. this is Bill Binney talking. Let me ask you a couple of questions. We as Republicans are often thought of the mean party. We hear that again and again. I have. When there are issues like reproductive rights, there are issues like Social Security, there's issues like we care more about defense than we do about people. What do you say to people on some of those issues? Let's take reproductive rights. What's your position on reproductive rights? Well, I think what people will always get from me is the truth. And I think that, you know, abortion has always been a very personal issue for every woman and man. And we need to treat it that way. I am personally unapologetically pro-life, not because the Republican Party tells me to be, but because my husband was adopted and I had trouble having both of my children. Having said that, I don't judge anyone for being pro-choice 
any more than I want them to judge me for being pro-life. So let's look at how we got here. Prior to 1973, you had 46 state laws that dealt with abortion. And in 1973, you had unelected justices throw out those state laws and say abortion anytime, anywhere, for any reason. Now a wrong has been made right where unelected justices said that shouldn't have happened and they put it back in the hands of the people. And that's where it should have belonged. So some states are going more pro-life. I welcome that. Some states are going more on the choice side. I personally wish that wasn't the case, but the people have decided, and I respect that. But the debate we have, Bill, is on a federal law, and that's where no one is telling the American people the truth. In order to have a federal law, you have to have a majority of the House, 60 Senate votes, and a signature of a president. We haven't had 60 Republican senators in over 100 years. We might have 45 pro-life senators. So no Republican president can ban abortions any more than a Democrat president can ban these state laws. So if, which I think everybody's goal is, how do you save as many babies as you can and support as many moms as you can? If that's our goal, let's find consensus. Can't we agree just to ban late-term abortions? Can't we agree that we should encourage adoptions and good quality adoptions? Can't we agree that doctors and nurses who don't believe in abortion shouldn't have to perform them? Can't we agree that contraception should be accessible? And can't we agree that no state law should tell a woman if she's had an abortion, she's going to jail or she's getting the death penalty? Let's start there. No more demonizing this issue. I had a roommate in college who was raped. I wouldn't wish on anyone what she went through wondering if she was pregnant. Everybody has a story. Let's be respectful of the story. And what I've watched for too long is Democrats put fear in women over the abortion issue and Republicans use judgment. There is no place for fear or judgment on an issue this personal. And so I will always talk about it with respect, and I will only talk about it in the way when things can get done, not to scare people, not to say something's going to happen that's not going to happen. I will always put the truth out there and include the people in the solutions that we have going forward. So if you're faced with an abortion ban for the third trimester, would you support it or not? Wherever we get 60 Senate votes. If you get 60 Senate votes, and that's a hard thing to do, I will support it because it will save more babies and it'll support more moms. Okay, good. One one final question. I appreciate the time, uh, but it's great to have newsmakers in the studio. In per, and thank you both for coming in, uh, Bill Benny, Nikki Haley. Um, Iowa, I as I said, doesn't really translate with the caucus process, but you've spent a lot of time there. You're, you're there trying to get support of the caucus goers. Mm. So is Ron DeSantis. In fact, some would say he's put more of his marbles or eggs or dice into Iowa than New Hampshire. And, of course, Vivek Ramaswamy, Chris Christie. So if Iowa happens and it's not good for either the Florida governor or former New Jersey governor, meaning Ron DeSantis, Chris Christie, what do you say to those people they in New Hampshire that might be supporting them? And then our primary is 20 days. In other words, how do you go to the DeSantis voters, whether he stays in or not, on Chris Christie's folks saying, look it. Because Governor Sununu has been rather pronounced wanting fewer people in the race because, you know, the numbers. So what do you say to potential DeSantis Christie supporters and maybe even Ramaswamy if they're shopping after Iowa? I trust the people of New Hampshire. They get where their place is in the process and they know what this is about. And they know that this is important for every state. I'm fighting just as hard in Iowa as I am in New Hampshire, as I am in South Carolina and every other one. You want to win everybody's vote. So any candidate that's not playing in Iowa, 
is, first of all, not being serious to start with. Any candidate that's not playing in New Hampshire is not being serious to begin with. We're going to be strong in Iowa. We're going to come to New Hampshire. And guess what? We're going to go to my sweet home state of South Carolina. You have to have an in and you have to have an out or else you're wasting the person's vote here in New Hampshire. And so that's what I'll tell you. We haven't seen Ron play here in New Hampshire at all. We haven't seen Chris Christie play in Iowa at all. Chris and Ron have barely been in South Carolina. We've been in every one of them because we're going to do the work and we're going to fight the fight to make sure we earn every vote. All right, can I let you both go? Bill Benny, chairman of Benny Media, always welcome. Great to have you here. Nikki Haley, former governor of South Carolina, Republican presidential candidate. Go to NikkiHaley.com. Paul Steinhauser reports nationally for Fox News and for us locally. And he was at a packed event last night at what is known as the pavilion part of the beautiful, wonderful Wentworth-by-the-Sea Country Club in Rye, New Hampshire, for a Nikki Haley town hall. And, Paul, I'm hearing... There were some folks outside, in fact, more than a few that could not even get in. Standing room only. Good morning, Paul. Take it away. You got it, Jack. Yeah, more than 450, the campaign says, attending that uh, event, the first of four events for Nikki Haley last night and all day today back here in New Hampshire. As you said, less than three weeks to go until the primary. You know, uh, as expected, Governor Sununu, who endorsed uh, Haley a couple weeks ago, introduced her, but it was a really a Sununu family affair there. John E. Sununu, the former U.S. Senator, was also there. He has endorsed Haley. And guess what? Papa Sununu, that's right, John H. Sununu, the former governor, former chief of staff at the White House to George Herbert Walker Bush, he's endorsing her as well. He's back here. He told me last night it's about time we got the 80-year-olds out of the White House. That's obviously taking aim at Biden and at Donald Trump. So a Sununu family affair. And Jack, catch this. Brand new this morning. I had it on foxnews.com. Nikki Haley raising $24 million the last three months of last year, the fourth quarter of 2023. That's more than double the amount she's raised to date. So it's just another example of the momentum Haley has. But also, let's be clear, Donald Trump remains the commanding frontrunner in the White House race. Well, Paul, you may want to stay tuned and listen to our next segment, because no disrespect to the Sununus, that's old news. Governor came out and endorsed Nikki Haley recently, but uh, the family followed. But we have a pretty big endorsement coming up in our studios, and uh, you can stay tuned. Paul Steinhauser reporting nationally for Fox News. Thank you, Paul. Thanks, Jack. John Decker, own White House correspondent, joining us. A lot of news coming out of New Hampshire. And, John, I think it's only going to intensify in the next 20 days. We're 20 days away from the first real votes in the New Hampshire presidential primary in the road to the White House. Good morning, John. Yeah, that's right. Uh, the clock is ticking. Uh, next Wednesday, uh, an opportunity for Nikki Haley and Ron DeSantis uh, in their uh, debate that they'll have before the Iowa caucus. That will be a week from tonight. Uh, but counter-programming, because at the same time that Republican debate is going on, Donald Trump will have a town hall broadcast on Fox News, and you can bet more people will watch that town hall than will watch the Republican presidential debate on CNN. Simple reason, more people watch Fox and CNN. Uh, but uh, look, it, that's what Donald Trump has done throughout this Republican uh, debate process is he's had counter programming. He's scheduled campaign rallies on the same night uh, as uh, debates that have been taking place on various cable channels. And he's doing it again next week. And, you know, John, the question for folks like you outside of New Hampshire and the National Press Corps and the White House Press Corps is, will that work? in New Hampshire, where Donald Trump has had a big lead on the polls consistently. In other words, he's not, hasn't done any of the debates you're pointing out. The debates probably have been nullified to a point because the, the big factor has not been in the room. 
Uh, but the question is going to be in the next 20 days with independent voters being able to take part in New Hampshire's primary and voters Republicans, uh, is this primary out of New Hampshire, the things I'd be looking for, again, I'm not trying to be presumptuous, John, but if I was in your loafers or shoes, I, or tennis shoes, because you're a tennis guy, I would. This is, what I'd yeah. be, this is what I'd be looking at out of New Hampshire. Does Trump win, and by how much, or does yeah. he not win, and what does that say? And Joe Biden, who's not running in New Hampshire because he's not on the ballot here because he's avoiding the early contest, does the right-in campaign fail and not do much, and is Joe Biden, the incumbent, embarrassed? In other words... Does New Hampshire rock this picture that it's going to be Biden and Trump again? And that's the big thing I'd be watching in the next 20 days. Well, I think that's right. And, you know, New Hampshire has had that history of of changing the narrative. Uh, We've seen that so many times play itself out. You know, you think somebody has the upper hand by winning the Iowa caucus, and then they get to New Hampshire. It's a different story entirely. Just ask Mike Huckabee about that. In 2008, he wins the Iowa caucus. He doesn't go anywhere in New Hampshire you know, ask Ted Cruz that question about 2016. Uh, even Joe Biden, you know, Joe Biden uh, didn't get anything out of Iowa uh, nor New Hampshire and needed uh, South Carolina to save him. But uh, New Hampshire certainly plays such a, an important role in terms of choosing the Republican nominee this election cycle. And I think it'll play an important role this cycle as well. And then the other state I look to, John, and you know this, is South Carolina for obvious reasons. If this thing tightens as it feels between Haley and Trump, Trump and Haley, and then it goes into South Carolina, obviously that's going to be a test for both of them as well. Well, it will be. And, you know, for Nikki Haley in particular, it's her home state. You know, we've seen this play itself out back in 2016. Donald Trump embarrassed Marco Rubio in his home state of Florida. Will Donald Trump uh, do the same to Nikki Haley in her home state of South Carolina? You know, it's not a matter of Nikki Haley splitting the vote with Tim Scott. He's out of the race. So that will be interesting, I agree, uh, once the race moves on from New Hampshire uh, down south to South Carolina. John Decker, our own White House correspondent. Thank you for the time, John. Thank you, Jack. Bye-bye.